Thanks for joining us here in Disruption Land. To visit again, just subscribe to Disruption Land podcast. This podcast is produced by Epicenter, the house of digital innovation. Discover all about our vibrant tech and business community and inspiring workspaces at weareepicenter.com. Welcome to a new episode of Disruption Land. As usual, uh, it's me, Hannes Sapiens-Sjöblad, who is your host. I work as Chief Disruption Officer here at Epicenter, the worldwide community of innovators and business builders. Here in the Disruption Land podcast, we aim to spot and describe disruptive trends and phenomena. What are the innovations out there that may topple entire companies and maybe even industries. Who builds them and why? And as always, how do we turn these changes into opportunities? Now, for today's topic. Ever since mankind first went online, <laughs> and I love how to say that because it sounds like it was a million years ago, but ever since mankind first went online, the question arose, who are we online? Who is the person I'm dealing with? And can I trust them? The matter of digital identity is profound. We have seen many innovations and solutions in the space, but today we're going to learn more about one which has the potential to really have disruptive impacts. Welcome to Disruption Land, Johan Selström. Well, thank you. Uh, nice to be here. Johan, you're a well-known tech entrepreneur uh, here in the Swedish tech ecosystem, and you have founded numerous businesses. But for those who may not be familiar with you and your background, can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Mm. Yeah, uh, so uh, by education, I'm, uh, I studied engineering physics in the 80s, and uh, after that I went into computational fluid dynamics and developed uh, uh, applications uh, that has to do with aerodynamics in the uh, aeronautics industry. Saab military aircraft was one of the big customers and uh, so they can analyze what happens with simulations instead of wind tunnels. And uh, while doing this I, I used the internet a lot to to communicate with other fellow researchers and so on. And then uh, I discovered, you know, the first uh, graphical browser, Mosaic, uh, yeah, and uh, a classic. Yeah. So, uh, so this was time, yeah. <laughs> that was good times around the time when there was like thirty websites in the world or something. Yeah, and they were terrible to use because it took like ten uh, minutes to load every uh, website, right? Uh, mm. But uh, yeah. So what was it? T some text and some images you could click on. Yeah. Didn't see much, but it really caught my imagination. Mm. So I started as an evangelist in in Sweden here, and I made some home pages for some people that were early, like politicians and things like that. And then I teamed up with some guys, and we started something called Icon Media Lab in '96. And we were going to make the homepage for the king, and he had his birthday. Then. <laughs> and, uh, but it turns out some other IT company were the royal distrib <laughs> royal <laughs> provider of that. So we were not allowed to. Oh, you to. didn't get the badge. Yeah, no, that's because nice uh, we were going to give it for free, but they had 
sole proprietary uh, relationship around that. Yeah, and since then I've been uh, not only a serial entrepreneur, but a parallel entrepreneur, because today I'm running a number of companies uh, that I started. One is CareChain, which has to do with health data. From that we spun off uh, something called Swipe, which is the digital identity thing. And uh, another one is Certify Health, which uh, does um, use identity and uh, verifiable credentials, verifiable claims. For instance, that I've had my Corona shot or a test result. And I also have one uh, called Symbiome that is analyzing microbiome. Uh, with the DNA of the, the bacteria in your gut. And uh, we have two kilos of those, and they, they really determine uh, your health and uh, so on. And they've been uh, classified as a new organ, actually. Oh, I mean, we could talk for yeah. half an hour just about the <laughs> microbiomes. It's yeah. absolutely fascinating what you yeah. can do. But interesting, Johan, you really have a breadth in terms of uh, the different areas. What, do you see a sort of a common theme or a common denominator for these different projects that you take on? Yeah, uh, so, so this time around, uh, it started with my interest for blockchain. You know, we, we did the internet 1.0 with the icon. I wasn't very active in the 2.0. I did some startup uh, with the social networking and so on. But then 3.0, when the, these new distributed protocols came, uh, they caught my imagination. And uh, I thought that given that you can manage billions of dollars here, maybe you could uh, manage you know valuable data such as health data so i sort of made it my mission to solve that problem given what i knew about these new protocols and so on and uh, so they they all came from that and uh, like the microbiome i saw that i needed all the health data and it was missing in sweden uh, that uh, aspect of, of, of my total 360 health data. So I started that company to solve that. And identity uh, was the other one. Brilliant. I think, I mean, it all comes to collecting data in various dimensions, right? Storing yeah. data, processing data, and here identification always becomes a crucial yeah. token. Yeah. So, Johan, uh, I mean, throughout your entrepreneurial journey, many of our listeners in this podcast are also company builders. Before we get into the specifics, is there some hard truth you want to share that you've learned on your entrepreneur journey? Yeah, and uh, that's uh, it. Really matters who you get in bed with. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, a amen. Uh, and uh, so the team, you know, uh, I've been in in some teams. We we built like a dream team once in Singapore. Uh, so we. We couldn't find them locally, but we sourced them from, you know, UK, Italy, US, Australia, etc., etc. Put together this team. They all had had great success and so on. But what happens when you take, you know, ten alpha males? They will just <laughs> fight about who's going to be the alpha male. So it sort of failed because of that uh, the culture in the company sucked, although we, we thought we had the best mm -hmm. of the best. 
so that's one thing. Yeah. And uh, in other cases, it could be a team that's just not compatible. You have different ideas on priorities. And yeah, so it's very important. And uh, that, although the timing was very lucky with Icon Media Lab, we really had a team that had all the different mm. flavors. I mean, it's a combination of many things, right? You yeah. need the right team, the right idea, the right time, the right yeah. place, right, right. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, but uh, yeah, it's the team that has failed me most <laughs> times. Interesting, interesting. Yeah. So uh, any sort of considerations out there, what not to do yeah. for, for people? Yeah. 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 So, so that, that, that's that. All right. Uh, thanks for sharing. So uh, this podcast is about how tech transforms industries. And what are the new technologies that excite you, Johan? Yeah. So I already alluded to that with blockchain and crypto and so on. Yeah, wha no. wha wha but what about uh, blockchain and crypto? What excites you with, with those technologies? Yeah. I, I mean, uh, one thing is this uh, trust on the Internet. And, and that's also part of the the identity problem, who can you trust and so on. And uh, I think it's very interesting. And there, there's uh, sociology theories about something called the Dunbar number, which says that our neocortex is not capable of managing more than 150 relationships because you always have to analyze uh, what's the intention of this other party that I'm dealing with. Will they stab me in the in the back and so on? So so it sort of uh, limits that at 150. Now, with social networks and so on, uh, I don't think that might be valid anymore. That in itself has scaled it up. But uh, given that you can really trust that uh, a certain transaction really did happen and you have consensus around that, uh, it means you could scale it up, the social scalability to much higher numbers. You don't have to spend your neocortex for that. You can be creative and so on. Mm. And then uh, there's another theory, uh, a guy who got the Nobel Prize, Coles, he's called. Mm. And he says that uh, transactions will happen where the friction is the lowest. And uh, uh, traditionally, that has been the reason why we build these big uh, corporate structures, multinational companies, because you have a chain of command. You're always you're inside the company. You can trust that you don't fake it there, uh, and then you can get things to happen. But I think, given this, we can transition to um, what's called a zero-margin society. You know, where there's uh, almost no cost of additional product and uh, a creative commons kind of uh, setup where everyone can trust uh, uh, and uh, and do it at a much lar larger scale creating value for society and uh, then uh, when talking about value i think that that's how it started with crypto you know it's a, a store of value uh, an exchange medium and so on and uh, Really, what's the most in interesting thing about crypto is really what is called mechanism design. So you can incentivize people with mechanisms to get certain outcomes. 
And one some such mechanism is the actual securing of the blockchain. And that's why we reward the people that do the mining. Exactly. And uh, because that's in, in that layer of the layer one sort of, of a blockchain, that's where the value is created, where you create the security. So that's where money is born, you know. Mm-hmm. But if you take this further, you could uh, uh, money could be created uh, for other uh, actions, and um, that you want to encourage. You know that that you think is good. Uh, and the trivial example when it comes to health is every time I walk ten thousand steps, I could get the coin because I've increased the value of society and decrease the risk of me getting a chronic sickness and so on. Exactly. But mm-hmm. but you can do more refined uh, versions of this. So you you create the money where value is created and another Nobel Prize winner, the guy that was the feature of um, a brilliant mind with the, who he got crazy he did uh, game theory. I forgot forget his name all the time. Yeah, we know the movie. Yeah, Russell Crowe. Right? Yeah, and he got crazy and uh, mm. psychotic and so on. He he made a, a a lecture around that ideal money where he connected it to the the total value in society mm. that expands all the time. So, all of those things are interesting uh, and so on. Now you might be a bit disappointed to where it's gone now you know it's just speculations there's thousands of cryptocurrencies they go up uh, bitcoin has like tripled in value since december and then uh, yeah i mean it's and really for those of us who have a more of a classical training in finances like myself we cannot explain this right no. there no there's there is no fundamentals that explain this value explosion uh-huh. in cryptocurrencies. And so I'm still struggling to get my head around completely the uh, that dimension uh, of crypto. But there are some very <laughs> other interesting applications. For example, in the care chain system that you guys uh, are uh, building, right? Uh, I'm getting the open that, ledger. Mm. Yeah. So and now, you know, it's exploded and... Uh, we know uh, Elon Musk is talking about Dogecoin, which is just a joke with no security. And then he said uh, Bitcoin is, uh, takes too much energy. Yeah, he's right about that. Then it crashed 25%. So any kind of currency that will crash because of one tweet, twi- it's like, like a failed currency. Mm, <laughs> mm, mm. But but the principles are, are really still valid there and interesting it, it's 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 a new way of i mean it, you actually remove identity in some way from uh yeah. in, in the friction dimension yeah. because there is the open ledger that proves yeah. that someone has a certain ownership and you don't need to have that you don't need to know who who it is who it is which is a f- fascinating sort of yeah. flip of this uh, yeah. identity conversation oh, so so um, then you can use blockchain for data integrity uh, there's a lot of talk uh, with um, uh, electronic health records about them being able to talk to each other. These systems, multi-billion dollar systems that uh, are bought for Stockholm and Malmö and so on. Uh, I, that, that's like the semantics. What do they mean when they say a value and so on? Uh, but if you cannot trust the integrity, it becomes worthless. 
So I used to say, say that I needed to I- interact with someone in some country, China or something. Uh, I wouldn't learn Chinese if I couldn't trust what they told me, you know. Mm-hmm. So you need to build that trust uh, in the data and then you could uh, start to understand the data. And understanding the, the data is not so difficult. Google can do it with you know, the web uh, and no one is following the HTML standard, uh, but they can figure it out anyways, what it means. Uh, so with data integrity, and events, you know, you can log that this event happened on the blockchain. And what becomes important then is who was party to this event? Mm-hmm. What doctor, what uh, individual did break his leg or whatever? So therefore we looked at uh, identity and there's a movement now, uh, self-sovereign digital identity. Mm-hmm. It was initiated by the UN as one of the sustainability goals. Can you explain this term for people who may not be familiar? What exactly is self-sovereign yeah. identity? Yeah, you own and control it yourself. You so know. it's not something which a government no. gives to me. Uh-huh. No, mm-hmm. no. But so you just build it from nothing by connecting a lot of claims to it that can be verified. So uh, it used to be. PGP, pretty good privacy. You used to have like signing parties. So you met up physically and you sh- checked somebody and then you signed their key and say, he, exactly. he, this and key is his. Someone who we trusted uh, signed for uh, someone uh, else. And yeah. then you can make a web of trust li- like that. Mm. Uh, uh, so it's similar to that. Uh, and very interesting. And uh, there's like a billion people that don't, does not have a legal identity at all. Mm. They cannot be a part of, they can't own anything, they can't be a party to any economic activity mm. and so on. No, I mean, this is a classic d- dilemma in development economics. We yeah. know this. I, I remember uh, a great lecture by Hernando de Soto, the uh, yeah, per- Peruvian uh, economist. Who yeah, I've listened to that too. The property rights and, and the yeah, importance of being able to define ownership. He, he also had a brilliant point about, uh, he did a talk here in Stockholm a few years back, uh, uh. He said when he uh, came to the airport, uh. and uh, he said, "Oh, uh, hello, Swedish uh, police officer. My name is Hernando de Soto. Uh, my father is so and so, and his father is. We are from this city." And then the policeman just said, uh, "Just give me your passport." Uh. And he said, "Aha! Uh-huh, so interesting. Instead of you know uh, me having to explain who I am through all these things and you know showing my value with the gold rings on my fingers." There was a standard, there was this document, uh. which was a passport that uh. was accepted in this foreign country that I never visited before. Uh. And that sort of unlocked access to the whole country. Uh. And I think that's a, a cute illustration. Yeah, of yeah. Uh, uh, and uh, there it becomes interesting because what you're talking about there is a digital identifier. Mm-hmm. It's a passport number mm-hmm. that's uh, deemed to be valid or not. It's not really your digital identity. It's just an identifier. And the reason we need that is that if this Peruvian guy does something bad, he trashes his hotel room or something, we know who to go after to take to court. And it's really 
that that it's used for and mm. we in banking kyc know your customer mm. it's just to know who to take to court when something goes astray mm. uh, and it's not really your identity but but it starts with that mm. and um, i you know so i'd recommend uh, to listen to that guy google for him it's mm. very interesting that inspired me like uh, a long time ago now uh, uh, but in Sweden, we've had something called Bank ID, and I would say that's the single greatest uh, enabler of uh, digital businesses here. And uh, I mean, what Bank, just to, to summarize quickly, there may be people uh, tuning in from abroad as well. So uh, Bank ID, it's, it's technically an app issued by the, the biggest banks in Sweden that allows you to, uh, via a quick digital login, via pin code on your smartphone, uh, to access oh. banking services, tax payments, uh, signing contracts. Uh, oh. Pretty convenient setup. Oh. Still, it it's private, which is interesting. It's not oh. uh, it's private made by the government. And it's centralized. Mm. And they can turn it off or uh, not turn it on if you don't have a bank account and so on. So the functionality that they have, we have all of that in our Swipe app. Uh, but we add so much more. Um, Right, let's talk about uh, Swipe. What uh, is Swipe? Yeah, so uh, to Swedes, I would say, it's a uh, mobile bank ID without the banks. Mm. Yeah, and uh, why I say that, how do I then issue these identities? Yeah, uh, uh, not very well-known secret is that since uh, 2001, you know, 9-11, they increase the security of your passports and put in a little chip in there. And these chips are like, uh, what's also in credit cards and so on. Uh, they they uh, break when you try to open them. Mm -hmm. So you can embed a, a private key in there and uh, then issue certificates to that uh, when you get the passport. The country of Sweden has signed this passport and blessed it, sort of. Mm. Checked it with the, the other records. Yeah, that I yeah. Yes, I have a personum and uh, yeah. an identity here. And then I can prove that. And th since I have this secret key in there that takes before the sun uh, will go out to guess, uh, you know, I can with very high security prove that, yeah, it's my, it's a true passport and it's been signed. So. So we uh, have an app then that uh, will read that chip in passports. And there is 140 countries that have this, over a billion issued passports. And then there is also national identity cards. And that's uh, more than 3 billion of those. And so we this can is read those. truly a global, global standard for yeah. identification, which yeah. is still presently tied to paper type documents yeah. or plastic. Uh, uh. And now you're taking this into the completely yeah. digital service yeah. domain. Yeah. So, so that is, uh, we have other actors, you know, in Sweden, like we have some, some um, uh, competitor, sort of Freja ID. Their system is only open to Swedes, so. mm -hmm. and they don't have this ambition. And they have a—you have to go to a tobacco store to show your ID <laughs> instead of going to the bank. Interesting. But what what is always the problem here is, of course, national borders, right? Because when uh, I travel around the world, if I'm in Mexico or Thailand or Egypt or anywhere in between, 
Yep. I need to be able to rent a car or get an Airbnb and yep. pr prove my identity in yep. a much more convenient way that we, than we can do today. Yep. So uh, if, if you were to describe, what are you guys about? I mean, uh, uh, now we want to create uh, like the global identity layer, you know, on the on the internet uh, to be be like uh, that that solution that everyone is using, so we can get rid of all the passwords. We can uh, finally start to encrypt the communication with this key. You know. Uh, we haven't done that. It's been possible to do it for email for a long time with PGP. Nobody's doing it. Here, everyone will have this key, you know. Mm. And, and one, uh, in Swipe, we are not using uh, blockchain, but it plays uh, very well with blockchain. So you could put these claims and proofs on the blockchain. But one uh, usability issue with blockchain that hasn't been solved is the management of your private key. Uh, we don't have that problem, and Bank ID doesn't either, because when you lose your phone, you get a new one. When you lose your passport, you get a new passport, and then you can uh, read that in the new app and still have your identity. Okay, so there's a continuity here, because it's yeah. also based on my yeah. face and yeah. other attributes which yeah. are personal. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. So it's hard. So we've done our own uh, face verification. You can, although we have f face ID on the phone, uh, you don't get access to that. That is something you train on your face once, and then it's it's, it's the same. But it cannot compare with the the photo from the passport, because that's mm. also the case. The photo is embedded in this chip, mm -hmm. so we lift it out and can then compare it, and. Um, yeah, so anyway, so it's like self-sovereign ID because you get that. The only thing we do is that uh, our backend will verify that this passport has not been reported stolen. Mm. Uh, but otherwise, we don't save the data. It's only in your app. But can I ask you one? It's, uh, it's a fascinating tech, but if you want to make some examples of the kind of value you can bring to users and businesses, what, what would that yeah. be? I've done something, if you look for me on Twitter, I have a digital proof that this Twitter account belongs to me and this is my name and uh, number. Uh, so that's one thing. Uh, so so we I, uh, let me double click uh. for a second. So interesting because it used to be this badge of coolness on Twitter. You you have this blue sort of, okay, uh. I'm, I'm recognized uh, celebrity uh. Or, or person in some way, right? And uh. a, lot, a few years back, everyone was clamoring for those. Uh. Now. You have created a separate verification that anyone can do. You know. That you add to your Twitter yeah. profile, and you do a pinned tweet, so it's on top of your profile. Mm. Uh, so that that's one thing. And what we then guarantee is that for each passport, you can only have one Twitter account. So you cannot uh, have two and like your own tweets. And exactly. Although well, we have all the trolls. Although you, there are ways around that for the ambitious. Uh, uh, although it's trivial, as they say in the three commercial <laughs> now if you've seen that where she does that uh, no so th that's one thing you could have uh, other services uh, for kids for instance where you can prove that you're under 13 years old mm. without saying who you are mm. but uh, no pedophiles welcome you know mm -hmm. uh, very important and I mean yeah. all of us who have kids in the right ages we know how they hack you yeah. know the access to TikTok and whatnot right yeah. so that's one uh, 
Tinder, showing, knowing who you're dealing with, you know. There's uh, some site in Sweden where that uses bank ID for this. Mm. We could do it globally. Mm. Uh, and uh, then it's, uh, first of all, that the photo matches your passport photo. So you know, not <laughs> you look sort of like that. And also the security <laughs> thing, <laughs> when you... As yeah, when you meet someone, you have and something ha when you're raped, you know, you know who it was. Uh, no, but <laughs> I, 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 don't, I still think the first feature is actually uh, yeah. indeed very yeah. relevant as yeah. well, right? Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. fake profile. Yeah, so there's so many things mm. uh, and know your customer things and mm. uh, and one one thing that's really hot now and that is one of my companies, Certified Dot Health. We issue certificates for. Corona testing and and vaccinations and so on. And now we have this EU system. And the way the EU system works is that uh, you and I've integrated that in the swipe app now because they've come that far. They haven't released it yet. Uh, so what's going to happen is that you get sent uh, a QR code and then another secret code that you scan that QR code with the swipe app. And then you have to enter this secret code that can only be used once. And then you can add uh, it to, to your wallet. Uh, but that does not uh, connect with the proof that you are that person. And also, is this accepted? I mean, if I show this in an airport somewhere. Yeah, you then know. you have to show your passport as well oh yeah, and see that one. the name matches. Okay. But since we have already done that check, mm. We can combine these two proofs and we can prove you are this person that has this certificate. So we can uh, use the vaccination certificates online uh, or for automated, you know, when you enter a building, just scan the QR code. You know that the person that owns this telephone is indeed the same person as uh, in, in the, the QR code. Otherwise, I could uh, take a screenshot of the QR code, send it to someone and, and scan it. So so that that's uh, an important... I mean, th th these are extraordinary visions, Johan, but uh, how, how how far have you come in in, uh, in practice in terms of integration? Can I book something online uh, using Swipe or uh, what uh, are the connected no, services? I mean, now, now we're in the phase, you know, where we need to sign up customers. So we're doing it in different ways. We're, we're collaborating with some uh, companies that do integrations of different IDs so uh, that we will be offered there. We're also talking to DIG, which is the digitalization agency, about us becoming a approved uh, ID uh, to, to log into Swedish places. Although Sweden is not in any way our uh, pri primary market, because 95% have bank IDs, sort of, uh, of the, the target, target audience. But we're going to do that anyways. Uh, it's a quality mark, sort of. But, uh, or you could work towards people who visit Sweden. I mean, that's yep. the obvious case, right? Yep. We have the infrastructure here, but you would want, I mean, people yep. from anywhere else, but who happen to have the right passports, if they just yep. download this in the airport, yep. then they can use yep. all the yep. connected services over here. Yeah, and it's so easy. I demoed here for a friend that I met. I erased my app and then I created my ID again. It takes 20 seconds mm, mm, mm. or 25 maybe because it takes a while to read your face. 
so it's so easy. So you can do it in the pa uh, airport. Passport queue, exactly. Uh -huh. oh, brilliant. Uh, and then do it. No, so so that's uh, where we're at now. We and I can uh, uh, talk to the audience here, and we're looking for someone to help us sell this. You know. So, so sales and marketing person that we could bring into the team and uh, and uh, do that uh, to to go global much faster. And so how do, how do they reach you? Uh, yeah, swipe.com uh, is the yes, and S -V -I -P yeah, and we spell it with V, so it's sort of how a, a Swede would uh, pronounce swipe. <laughs> we we had German, uh, yeah. We did have swipe also. Uh, like swipe right on Tinder, kind of. Uh, but uh, then we got some problems with the, the trademark and so on. Uh -huh. Some, some uh, uh, actually, we, we're not allowed to use this for Tinder, build our own Tinder. We promised that to the owner of Tinder. Uh, well, that we wouldn't too bad for, for them. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so fascinating, Johan, and uh, so you're, you're in the still uh, getting out of the starting blocks here, but potentially, how do you see this impacting? You know, if you look, if, you know, five years ahead, uh, tell me mm. what does it look like? How how do people use mm. this? No, uh, but uh, I mean, the first thing, getting rid of these passwords, you know, uh, I tend to use uh, so many services and often you use the same password. So Don't tell people too uh, much now. <laughs> so if you break one, you break them all, you know. And mm. I think many people do that, or really weak passport, or they mm. put it somewhere in a file, and mm. they hack your computer and a botnet or whatever. Uh, so just to increase the security online for that is one thing. And then I also think, uh, I listened to Timothy Ferris. Uh, a recent podcast last night, and it, it, they had this Vinavi or whatever Balai. He's at uh, Oh yeah, Jason Horowitz. He's awesome. Mm. Yeah, he's talking Follow about him on Twitter. transhumanism and things like. But uh, he talked about cancel culture and digital identity and pseudonyms. Mm. So you could uh, you shouldn't have your real name online, and that's also one thing where we differentiate from bank ID or Frey ID. There you get name and personummer in Sweden. We can do that, uh, but we can do pseudonym. Mm. So you can have one ID towards Twitter, one other ID towards Facebook or another site, but it stays the same mm. and you can only have one. So it's the underlying thing because I tell my kids no. don't ever use your real name online, no. right? No. Mm. So that you can do, but we can be totally anonymous and only say that I'm over 21, I'm male or I'm Swedish. And they know that is true, but they don't know anything else. They don't get the handler. Uh, the ID will be different every time mm. I talk to this. So and uh, this guy on the podcast, he talked about it when it comes to cancel culture and so on. And uh, you can't be cancelled if they don't know who to cancel. And he had a, a, uh, an invention where you could uh, transfer your uh, karma from Reddit, for instance. So you already have 50 karma on Reddit. And then you create a new one and you oh, send yeah, that you to can. this new identity. Uh, so they know it's the same person that gained that karma before, but they don't know who you are. Interesting. So it's only what you talk about that matters. 
Not, uh, not who you are. Reddit, Reddit is uh, a wonderful social platform, which is oh. I think is underestimated. What what I particularly love with Reddit is that uh, you can be anonymous and also you're not really connected to friends from the real world. Uh -huh. They don't matter on Reddit, which uh -huh. is different with the all the other platforms. Oh. Oh. Um, so, Johan, uh, awesome. Uh, I want to round off. I mean, you have in this short time we've had together given a range of fascinating sort of business cases, ideas and examples, but I, I, I want to understand you've done a lot, but what drives you? What keeps you pushing for new ideas, new projects <laughs> at this pace? Yeah, no, I, I feel like uh, some kind of duty <laughs> if I know something I, that can make things better. I feel it's my obligation to do it, sort of. Uh, and there, uh, it sort of drives me, m making the world a little better. And there's all these, you know, pyramid, Maslow's pyramid and so on. And um, at the top there, it's sort of... Uh, so you are at the top. I mean, no, that, that's good to know. No, no, I'm not at the top, but uh, I'm a bit up. Okay. Uh, I have my... Basic needs are Basic met. needs and yeah. so on. Uh, so when you get closer to the top, it's about recognition and self-fulfillment yeah and the last one is building a legacy i don't really care so much about that but uh, because you get a lot of uh, gratification you know from just uh, doing something that might be appreciated by, by somebody else it's, it's more fun to get being. appreciated when you're still alive yeah right? oh, exactly, <laughs> exactly legacy whatever yeah no no so so no, i guess th it's that kind of thing that drives most people yeah. uh, some people might just give up but uh, you know I'm kind of old <laughs> I said that I graduated in the 80s so you can compute it yourself mm. but I spend every day you know programming <laughs> mm. I built uh, the apps you know for Skype and so on mm. uh, so 10 hours a day I do programming mm. so I get an idea and then I see if I can build it mm. Mm. And uh, that's how I operate. So if before I start selling something, I already know that I can build it. Uh, that's helpful. Can I can I ask uh, you how important is curiosity for you? Is yeah. that a strong driver? Yeah, yeah, it is. And uh, it's always been the case. You know, even when I went to school, I was very curious. So I got top grades in all the subjects because I would research it. I would go to the central library and uh, oh you mean this old place where they have books on yeah shelves? and they have uh, the microfilm oh yeah so yeah. i would order up you know the review of this book from the 40s uh, and read it on microchip uh, film to do my report on the in uh, swedish you know uh, uh, so i always research things really far mm -hmm. and uh, that that's totally just curiosity I think curiosity is such a crucial driver, yeah. also for entrepreneurs. Simply yeah. being, you know, s I find something and it fascinates me, yeah. and then I just want to dig deeper and deeper into it and understand yeah. the constraints and the opportunities within that space. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So and that captures your imagination. It's a human drive. Yeah, and I forgot to mention that when when we were on crypto, people are so 
offended by this speculation that's going on and it's a scam and so on. We already had one big scam, it was called .com. I was in the middle of that. Uh, Icon Media Lab was the first unicorn in Sweden with a billion dollar valuation. Uh, but that's natural and it's supposed to happen because cryptocurrency captured people's imagination and they start speculating. So if that had not happened, I'd be mo more worried for it that it was just the flu. Now, so, yeah. That, uh, that's an observation that yeah. I think it's the classic technology yeah. hype curve that, that yeah. comes, right? So we observe something yeah. which is fascinating and powerful and transformative and disruptive. Yeah. And then our expectations, they run ahead <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> of what the technology actually delivers. Yeah, and you want to extract some financial value from it. Yes, and there's right. the hype and then right. there's the, the inevitable disappointment. But over yeah. time, yeah. Uh, sort of these two trends align. The expectations yeah. align with reality yeah. and, and technology begins yeah. to deliver. And the unlucky cases. thing here though is that uh, the friction for scams is so low because it's mm. currency itself that we're talking about. So <laughs> it's not removed from that. You know, you don't have to go to the stock market and blah, blah. You can start selling stuff immediately. Exactly. You just download the app and then you go. Yeah. All right. Do you want so yeah. our time is approaching yeah. the end. Is there something else I missed uh, no, checking in with you? No. You had asked me about what uh, good opportunities there are in the future and so on. Yeah. And one, we, we're both into, you know, uh, biohacking or quantified self and so on. Oh and yes. wa one sensor that I'm really looking forward to is the continuous glucose monitor. I'm going to get one this week. It's mm. possible to buy in Europe, mm -hmm. but it's also going to come in Samsung and Apple watches. That's going to change a lot, I think, on when it comes to health data and monitoring how you feel. You don't have to log what you eat. You don't have to take pictures of your food and scan barcodes. You just measure the impact of those two bananas on your glucose level. It's fascinating. And I think what yeah. you're alluding to here is what, what's been in the news lately, namely that we now see opportunities b through wearables without piercing the skin. You can, yeah. you can uh -huh. buy spectrometric analysis. You can yep. uh, measure blood glucose. And there has yep. been a couple of proven cases lately. Yep. Yep. And this is a fascinating breakthrough. Yep. And yes, indeed, yeah. I'm, I'm, I think that do a lot. every person on this planet should have access to understanding their own yep. glucose levels ah. because that will save lives. Ah. It ah. will sa give people years of longevity yeah. if they just understand the impact of what they eat. And if you can get that yep. visually, okay, I, I ate the banana and look yep. how my system took off in, in the wrong direction. Yep. Then you can understand that and mm. change your behavior mm. instead of telling people if you e do e drink two liters of Coca-Cola every day, you're going to have diabetes in 10 years. Nobody's going to change. It's too abstract, right? You, if not if you change. demonstrate it visually, then it happens. Yeah, yeah. and it could even give you a l an electric shock or whatever. Uh, oh, I, I, I actually have a gadget for that, but yeah, that's for a yeah, separate conversation. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think, okay. we, yeah, uh, it's been awesome to chat with you, Johan. Uh, Good luck with everything and uh, everyone out there. Thank you for tuning into Disruption Land. Uh, we'll be back uh, with new episodes. Stay tuned. Thanks and goodbye. Thanks for joining us here in Disruption Land. To visit again, just subscribe to Disruption Land podcast. This podcast is produced by Epicenter, the house of digital innovation. Discover all about our vibrant tech and business community and inspire.
inspiring workspaces at weareepicenter.com.